Mandalorianlander, the most unofficial Outlander podcast on the internet, or anywhere. I'm your host, Megan. And I am your, maybe a little more interested now, host, Joe. We're here today to talk about episode 605 of Outlander entitled, Give Me Liberty. This episode was written by Barbara Stepanski. I don't know what else she wrote. She wrote this. She did. And it's the same director that directed that ridiculous scene with young Ian and his wife in the tent that I'll never recover from. Right, yeah. You know, you did not love that. I did not. This episode opens with um, a timestamp. It's a cold open, Mm -hmm. and it's a timestamp. It says June 1746, and you immediately asked what was happening at this time period, which is reasonable. Yeah, I can't, that's, that wasn't, I, I do love a good timestamp, but that wasn't enough for me. I'm not my, my Scottish lore. I was like, is this pre-Culloden, post-Culloden? And you're like, it's during Culloden. Well, I said it's immediately after. So, right. and I, I think it was reasonable of you to ask like what's happening in this time period, because I don't think all viewers would remember the exact year of the Battle of Culloden. No. So while I, I appreciate the timestamp, I think they could have gone a little bit further. Like June 1746, one week after Culloden, or something, right? Like, just put us back to that time period. Don't make us Google, Google search when everything happened. Right. Yeah, and I mean, if you haven't been paying attention, like, we haven't seen Bonnie Prince Charlie for, what, like, four seasons? That's right. Like, it's we been a seen long him since, time. Since season two. So if you didn't watch the recap... Uh, which we did, but if you didn't watch the recap, you might, which was heavy Bonnie Prince. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you might be a little WTF as to what was going on there. Yeah. Now, I did really like this scene. And I, I mm. like that when you saw, you're like, who is this? Who are these women that are walking? And then you see his face. I mean, yeah, I'll just start off by saying this was the strongest episode of the season and it's not even close. I 100% agree. Like, if this had been, this is kind of more what we say for the end but i'll just lead and say if this was the pilot like the first episode of the season Mm -hmm. i would have been happy with it or optimistic yeah like like this could have been the first episode of this season absolutely and it should have been but anyway you okay so i i did like this scene i i was excited to see the actor again he's dressed up in women's clothes he's complaining about it and we're introduced to the famous flora mcdonald yeah. This is also historically accurate, right? You and I, I can't remember the name of that castle that we went to in right. Scotland, but there is a dress of Flora McDonald's. We She's... went to the actual castle that Flora and Bonnie Prince hid out in for a little while, right? Right, before yeah. they took their journey on the boat. It was cool. Also good for kids, by the way. Yeah, it was. Um, so Flora faces the red coat. He, the red coat kind of approaches them, and she faces him like a champion and because they're trying to go on a sea voyage. And even Bonnie Prince Charlie is appreciative. This actress was great, hey? The one that was Oh, yeah, no. Uh, again, just Outlander's tradition of, of casting great secondary actors. Um, but yeah, no, it was interesting because at first Bonnie Prince Charlie was being a bit petulant mm-hmm. and whiny about mm-hmm. having to wear the clothes. And Flora basically said, would you rather wear a coffin, essentially? It's yeah. not what she said, but that was implied. Yeah. And he smartened up really quickly. Yeah. And and then was, I think he kind of understood the gravity of the situation and was thankful for it. Well, and he realized what a risk she's putting herself in. And she really was. She's heroic. Very. And he got, he got his famous mark me phrase out. Did you notice that? He I said, didn't know that was mark famous. Mark me. Is that his thing? Yeah, he said it 
all the time. Oh, I forgot. You haven't watched all of season two. <laughs> no, I dumped out. I dumped out. So I was never marked by him. Okay. Well, this actor, I follow him on Twitter and he was very excited to come back. I mean, it was I just bet. that one scene, but he was in all of season, well, most of season two. And I'm surprised, I'm, I am surprised that he didn't have any scenes with Sam Hewen and Katrina Balfe because he spent so much time with them four yeah. or five years ago, whenever it was. So they get on the boat and then the credits begin and it's a creative choice. It's also a bit of an yeah. odd choice. I think they're singing it in Gaelic. Yeah. And I like that they're showing this. Like we need more of this kind of storytelling. Like, look, they're escaping. They're going off into the night. I love it because um, there was a lot that happened in this episode. And they're like, how can we show this without wasting valuable time that we've already wasted four hours? So... <laughs> We need five hours. five hours, so we need the remainder of this time. So I, I actually kind of like that they shook it up and showed the, the escape sort of. Uh, I loved over it. The I, I mean, I think we needed more of that kind of story in season three and season four, and I, I've said this, I've said this before, but I'll say it again: you're working with two actors who can play twenty, they can play thirty, they can play forty, they can play fifty. We need more flashbacks. We're too rushed. We're spending too much time, like. Little House on the Prairie time with wow. different characters. Let's there was they skipped so many interesting things. I mean, Claire's not doing any flashbacks this season. I know, unless it's to when she was pregnant with Brianna. Oh yeah, they could. Which they, they could absolutely have, they totally, or or pregnant with go. Faith. Oh yeah, wasted moment in season wasted two. Moments, yeah, good call. They Me. absolutely could do flashbacks, and the reality is the flashbacks to this time period with Bonnie Prince Charlie escaping. That's the story that we're invested in. That's the story that got everyone hooked on. And that's why we tuned in. Yeah, it, because the Scots were going to be in the Battle of Culloden. They were following Bonnie Prince Charlie. Like, yeah, show us that time period again. Yeah, it is the actual story of Outlander. Yeah, maybe. And maybe some sort of reminder that while he was doing that, our beloved Rupert was being taken out and shot in the head for fighting for him. Poor Rupert. You know, and Sam Hewen was like lying there crying as he listened to all of his friends. Like, yeah. that's what they went through. And Bonnie Prince Charlie was complaining about being in a dress. Anyways, more flashbacks. Mm -hmm. More time travel, more flashbacks. Yeah. So after the credits, they have, and I actually really liked this, how they had Jamie's Jamie's voice reading the letter that he had written to that colonel. I'm not sure what that guy's name was, but then it changes to his voice and we see Lord John Gray. He's reading it out loud to Lord John Gray. Yeah. So this guy, from what I understand, he's basically the new Lord Tryon, right? Like he's Tryon's yeah. replacement. Yeah. Yeah. And we were both so happy to see oh, Lord John Gray. God, I love Lord John Gray. Weakest Lord John Gray episode ever, but he's still great. Do you great. think so? Yeah. Why? I don't know. They just didn't use him very much. He had some good scenes, and he and Sam Hewen had their chemistry. Oh, yeah, no, he's great. He's still 100 times better than almost everything else on the show. But, uh, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't my favorite LJG episode. Maybe we'll see him again? Well, here's hoping. So we learn in this conversation that there's confusion about people turning their loyalties. Right. Then we're in Wilmington, mm -hmm. and Claire and Jamie have arrived in their hotel. Yeah. And there's a lot to unpack in this scene because the two of them, there's, what is this called? Exposition? Exposition like dump. Every yeah. single sentence. Exposition dump. 
every sentence they are saying, as a viewer, you need to catch up. It's like, right. wait, Fergus is gone? Wait, Joe Casta sent him to a print? Wait, you guys are in Wilmington because you're there to see Flora McDonald? Wait, Flora McDonald's doing a speech and Claire is telling Jamie... Like, there is a lot. There's a lot. lot. Yeah, blink and you'll miss it. Like, don't pick that scene to go get a drink because there was... I mean, I missed almost all of it. There was a ton. And it's so distracting because Katrina Belf is so pregnant. And they are... These two actors are doing a dance to conceal it. Like, he'll move his arm in a certain way. Um, They were shooting Katrina Belf behind the largest open chest in the world. At one time, Sam Hewen, like walked in front of her and like leaned down with his hands on the chest to like block like it was it was like a dance it was very choreographed i wonder if this is the last scene they filmed because how can she get more pregnant than this i know and she looked uncomfortable i don't know if you noticed but at one point she kind of like tries to adjust her jacket and it's like that jacket's not gonna it's not gonna fit over but something that I, I, I thought was really cute in this scene, she says to Jamie at one point that she thinks he had a crush on Flora McDonald. Mm, yeah. And he says, what? And she responds to him in French. And it's a nice reminder that these two characters are both fluent in French and that they would use French expressions with each other if there was some sort of discrepancy between like the term crush, which people right. use in the 1900s, and what he would use. Mm-hmm. So she just, and I can't remember, because I don't speak French that well, um... I can't remember what it was, but he was like, oh, no. But it's also impressive that in season two, and again, you wouldn't remember this, but these two actors spoke spoke fluent French in season two. I don't remember that, but they were in France, so it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Next scene, Jamie meets up with a fellow revolutionary. Mm-hmm. And you had, as soon as this, you're like, who is that? What's going on? Who is that guy? Am I supposed to know him? What's his role here? What's he doing? <laughs> well, because sometimes there were we were seeing, like we saw Bonnie Prince Charlie, and we saw all these characters from previous seasons. And Jamie's, the guy was weird-eyeing Jamie, and Jamie was looking at the guy like he knew him. So I honestly was like, is this Someone another from... Ardsmere guy? Mm-hmm. Is this somebody from when I dumped out of season two? Like, is this, I didn't know if we were supposed to know this guy or not. As it turns out, we weren't. Side note, should we watch all of season two and podcast on it, maybe? No, no. I don't know. I dumped out for a reason. I think maybe we should. I mean, it'll probably look pretty damn good. It'll look incredible. In addition, though, the back half of season two is almost as good as season one. Did we podcast at all for season two? No, we started on season three. The dresses, I will say, as someone who's not a costume designer in any way whatsoever, I remember that the costume design, the dresses were just incredible. Yeah. I remember, like, that's the one takeaway I had was that the costumes in season two were just, like, baller. They were great. Yeah. Oh. The next scene is Roger is helping the widow, Amy McCallum, and her son, Aiden. Saucy Amy, shucking peas. He starts humming a tune and she asks him to sing it. And she talks about how sometimes she aches for it. And she's referring to Scotland, but there's... It's not all she's aching for. It's not all she's aching for. No. Then we have Brianna, Lizzie, Marsley, and Malva, and they're looking... They're going on a nature hike. They're going on a nature hike because Brianna is trying to build indoor plumbing. That's right. Which is actually, like, I I said, I found this to be much more plausible than all of Claire's, uh, you know... Penicillin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like I I found it... Because she's an engineer, and this is, you know, she is... She's not in, in necessarily inventing it. She's just, like she said, the Romans did it. Like, she's trying to recreate technology 
that had already been around for you know thousands of years or however long that was uh you, you know so that i found that a lot more plausible and she showed her drawing right and she was showing it to them yeah. like this is what i'm the trying to do and, and yeah. yeah yeah they didn't get it they come across they come across some finger bones it's a charm with grave dust it's yeah. a spell it's a love charm a little, little witch circle marsley calls it the venom of the north wind oh doesn't Liz- surprise me that she would know about snaky charms like yeah. that I mean, her mom. Yeah, right? exactly. Then Lizzie gets malaria and she... Just like suddenly. I think, and again, this is so unnecessary. This is an example of them being just so stupid faithful to the book. And that's why we've had all these boring episodes. That's why we had to see the Beardsley twin go under and Lizzie go under. Nobody cares about that. Like, was it five chapters in the book? For sure. Um, but we don't need to know, but I think it's like, well, we have to include when Lizzie had malaria. And I like how just immediately, uh, Brianna like immediately diagnoses her. She's like, oh, I'm feeling faint. It's malaria. Take her away. Yeah. That was so bizarre. She was like, oh, I just feel a little lightheaded. Well, she's got malaria. Go home. Wrap her up, bitches. It's like, what are you doing? This makes no sense. Maybe it's just like a runny nose and a cough. I don't know. Like, does it have to be malaria? Exactly. Like, uh, so I found that really bizarre, but whatever. That's so funny, Joe, because I thought so too, but we didn't talk about it at the time. It was like, what? Okay. Malaria? All right, I guess. Then we're back in Wilmington. Claire and Jamie arrive at the party. They see John Gray. Claire asks about how William is when John Gray is talking about William. I felt mm-hmm. bad for Jamie. He's oh, like, yeah. oh yeah, he's like, LJG goes on about him like a doting, proud father, and you can see it's just kind of ripping. Jamie's but he is heart his out. father. No, I know, but it's kind of ripping Jamie's heart yeah. out that he's missing all this stuff. And at this point, like, what a great father! Could it be any better for Lord John Gray? He's probably not having kids. I would assume not. No. On his own. It's a perfect situation for everyone but Jayfrey. Yeah. Then Jocasta arrives. And Jamie, Love seeing Jocasta. I know. And she looks so good. I know. She found, like, uh, apparently someone came back from the future with, like, a whole case of box dyes. Yeah. Because she is looking red. She's looking red like, and I, young. She's like Benjamin Button. Like, how does... A little bit. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. Now, she's married to... Oh, my God. It's Inies, I think. Whatever. And he Duncan doesn't have Hines. a hand. Did that bother you? I like the fact that they just shoved his hand in a coat and... We're like, it's just a stump in a coat. Yeah. Uh, that's, it was you more plausible. You prefer that over. Yeah, of course, for sure. I prefer, you know what I would have preferred though? Um, Murtaugh. I know. Me too. It's like, why? And Again, I mean, I know. thank the book people. Oh, yeah, book people. They don't like, like Murtaugh. They're like, well, thank God Murtaugh's no longer with Jocasta. So, that made no sense. It's like, it makes perfect ridiculous. sense. Now we got to watch this dude who just stands in the back with his hand in his coat and doesn't say two words. It's yeah. like, we could have had Murtaugh. Thank you. I yeah. hope you're happy with yourselves. Yeah, I agree. Although, what would Murtaugh be doing? Being cool, looking good. You know what good. he'd be doing? He'd be a revolutionary That's with right. Jamie. That's right. He would just be right along there. He'd be at the ridge. Oh, he'd be so oh, good at it. play the music. Oh, my God. So good. Well, when Joe Casta does arrive, though, Jamie is immediately annoyed at her. And he says that she sent Fraser... No, Fergus. Fergus. Yeah. <laughs> To work in the print shop. And it's a little bit confusing. It's like, okay, but but he wanted to. And we knew that he had was feeling... Yeah, this is where the plot... As much as this was a good episode because things happened, 
Um, this whole Jocasta subplot was really muddy for me. We were me. having a hard time unpacking yeah, it. Yeah, we actually went back and, and, and rewatched it. I didn't really get exactly what was happening. And, and this isn't the last scene with Jocasta that I didn't get what was happening. But I didn't understand this here. So this part I understood. Fergus, Jamie sent Fergus on an errand right. to go give something to Jocasta. And Fergus, as we know, was longing for the time when he worked. So he right. must have expressed this. So she has set him up. In a different place, I can't remember where, yeah. working at a print shop, not that, Wilmington. No, sorry, that part I understood. And so yes. that's so this part we both understood because right. Jamie's annoyed. He's like, now he's now he's gone. Like he's not at the ridge yeah. anymore. And she's like, Well, once Marsley joins him, I'm like, Well, that's worse. Now we're losing Marsley too. Yeah. So so far we understand. Yeah. And then this next scene, I just have to talk about this because it's probably the like the the poorest scene I've ever I'm having a hard time getting the sentence out, but I'll get there. You got it. Um, it's the scene with the Beardsley twins and Brianna. Oh my God. It's like the Beardsley twins are. And they don't, they don't even do a split screen. They just, they just. They don't spend even a nickel on maybe CG. No, heck they no. They just like... have two men standing side by side and you see them from the back. And then Brianna talks to one and then talks to the other and they show a hand. It's like, okay, it's like... this is, remember the parent trap with like. Yeah. Are there literally no twins working in Hollywood right now? They couldn't have actually cast twins? It was so obviously just one person. So I wanted, I just wanted to mention that. Yeah, because... it's painful to watch. But then we're back at the party and they all meet Flora McDonald. She compliments Claire on um, the surgery that she performed. And I mean, Claire being Claire, Claire loves a good Claire oh. story. She like, sort I, of laughs. I can't and, believe people still remember that. And it was it was the like, foyer. Yeah. It's like yeah. that's why we love her, right? Like right. no one has more confidence oh, than cocky Claire. Claire. Yeah. Cocky Claire. We learn that someone's robbed Flora and stole a jewel. Right. So yeah, she got her. She recovered her necklace, but one of the emeralds did, is missing. Did that flag anything for you? No, no, me not neither. At all. Not the first time I no, watched it. it. Didn't, no, me neither. I didn't pick up on it at all. Uh, I mean, I, I knew it obviously had to been. A reason why, but I forgot about the whole gemstone yeah. thing. Then Joe, okay. Sorry, just because the time travel in the show makes no sense, so I wouldn't. Well, we no... haven't had it for so long. Right, that too. Yeah. And, anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Then Jocasta needs some air. I mean, there's a lot going on in this one. Yeah, I love it that uh, Jocasta. She doesn't feel good. She's got a headache, and Claire diagnoses it immediately. And Flora's all impressed that Claire can. She's like, you can diagnose her just by looking at her, and. Uh, you know, what would you say is, is going on with me right now? And uh, Claire's like, well, I can tell you're stressed as fuck. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's like, I've got some stuff that can take care of uh, Jocasta's glaucoma and also make you feel all right. Yeah. And you said drug dealer Claire. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> then back on the ridge, back on Fraser's Ridge, Roger arrives home and Brianna calls him out on the amount of time he's spending over at the Widows. She's not happy about that. But then he says he feels useful at the widow's house and mm -hmm. that Brianna doesn't really need him. Well, and I mean, yeah, Brianna's doing some He's stuff. He's like, look at the creations. You're making indoor plumbing. And that's when she gets like a little defensive. And she's like, it's nothing the Romans didn't do. Because remember, that was what she decided would be sort of her party line if people started questioning how, why right. she was able to do all this stuff. Yeah, it's it's historical, not inventing matches. Exactly. Penicillin. Exactly. Meanwhile, Claire has given Jocasta some weed, right? Yeah. She's very high. She's so funny in this scene. Yeah. She's Flo baked. Yeah, she is. Flora acknowledges that she's worried her name will 
always be associated with Bonnie Prince Charlie, which it, it will. Is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yep. And she says, some people think that we lay together. And Jocasta giggles and says, in the boat. <laughs> she was feeling it. And also, we both agreed that Jocasta has for sure laid, laid in a boat. In a boat, in a moat, with a coat. Yeah, yeah everywhere. <laughs> Jocasta... Jocasta, especially if Murtaugh was within I know. 10 feet. Yeah. Well, and then Jocasta and Claire have a moment where they talk about Murtaugh, and I got welled up because both she and Claire miss him. Right. And I miss him. Who doesn't miss him? And you miss him. Very much. And then Claire says, you know what? You go ahead. I just have something I need to do here. And she takes Ether. Well, because she's a flashback of her, of her. In season two, having sex season with two the king. Rave, which I missed that. Yeah. Or you said it wasn't, well, it wasn't good. I mean, it's not. I didn't see it. It's not good. It's certainly not like a Lionel Brown not situation. Like a Lionel, and it was yeah. um, it was an agreement. Right. In order to... But still traumatic enough that she needed to eat her. I think it's just all coming back to her. Yeah. yeah. And then when she returns, Jamie says, where did you disappear to? So she's been gone for quite a while. Uh, yeah. And her response is, I just needed a rest. Mm. And he looks suspicious. Yeah. So he knows. Jay Frey. You he can't knows. fool Jay Frey. But he, he doesn't. But in true Jay Frey fashion he's just like cool he rolls with it yeah then lord john gray takes jamie aside and says you must disassociate yourself from them at once because he knows jamie is connected to the rebels rebel, or whatever rebels, they call yeah. them, revolutionaries whatever it is and then there's a printer fight scene yeah well, jocasta's made made sure uh, runs up and uh which by the way just i know why he's not there i realize it but i miss ulysses why isn't he there? Because remember, he had to go to, he had to flee. He's actually he's supposed like to be living, living in with, that hut or something? He's supposed to be living with John Lord John Gray, isn't he? Oh, yeah. Cause, cause you're he, right. Because he murdered uh, the Hobbit guy. Right. You're right. Yeah. But yeah. so he has to stay there. So anyway. Um, yeah. And then there's, there's trouble. There's trouble. Okay. So this is where it got muddy for me. There's trouble at a print shop. Right. Not to be confused with the print shop. That Fergus is at. That Fergus is at. So, and I wasn't really sure what was happening. So... I'm just going to explain it how I think, and you tell me if I'm wrong here. So the print shop was... In Wilmington. In Wilmington was printing flyers that were promoting Flora McDonald, who was... A loyalist uh, to the crown. Who was a loyalist to the crown. So the revolutionaries were pissed about it, and they were trying to tar and feather... The printer. The printer. Okay, I get that. And Jamie and LJG come and they save the guy. Jamie gets a little tar on his neck. Uh, Lord John in. Gray is hilarious in this scene. Like, Jamie and Lord John are standing there. Jamie's not really doing anything but looking flustered that right. someone hit him in the that ear. That would burn. That would hurt. Yeah. And Lord John has a broom. Yeah. And he is, like, trying to push them back with a broom. Yeah. it's <laughs> not. They're not doing a great job. Uh, the guy, the printer still gets shot. And then, but they... they Two things happen in this scene, uh, really quickly. The 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 one of the revolutionary the the guy we met in the bar, his buddy sees Jay Frey defending, and then um, the the red coats show up and break up the mob. And right. the his captain buddy there gives him a little like wink wink nudge nudge good job. Um, but this is the part that I don't understand. Is this was Jocasta had these printed. And I don't understand why. It doesn't make sense because there's a scene later where Jamie's talking to her and it sounds like she is 
uh, not a loyalist. You know, she's upset that the loyal that the the British killed Murdy, and that and now she's not and she's against them. But if she was against them, why is she getting pro Flora McDonald flyers printed? I'm missing something here, and I don't know what it is. I and I can't explain it either. And I watched the episode twice, and I yeah. read, read most of the book. <laughs> so I don't know if this is a book thing that I'm missing. That you know, to the bookies, it's like super obvious. I thought that they were bashing Flora McDonald, right? Which would, would make sense if Jocasta was getting Fergus to do that, right? But this isn't even Fergus's print place, so I oh, don't. But then Jamie gets mad, being like, "You're going to put my son in harm." It's like, what? Yeah, it has the... nothing to do with Fergus though, because he's not there. So it's it was a really it was convoluted and weird and it didn't make any sense to me. Like, I like that it was happening. I like where we're going with this. I like that shit is actually happening in this show. Just explain it. But yeah, this part I didn't get. It was confusing to me. Then we have Roger, Tom, and Alan Christie and they're pushing a bell to the church. Yeah. And they ask Roger to run in and get some rope to help. And Roger goes in and he finds Malva making out in the church. Yeah, it looked like she was on the verge of doing a little more than making out. Right. And uh, Malva, quick as a whip, threatens him. She blackmails him. She said, well, and here's the thing, though. I have such a hard time not sympathizing with her when she is like, do not tell my father. Because right. Roger says, like, are you crazy? Like, your dad and your brother are right out there. Right. And she says, don't tell them. And if you do, I'm going to do this. I'm going to tell everyone that you, that I saw you kissing the widow. And it's like... I know it's not right, but I can't help but sympathize with her because I've seen her horribly abusive father and messed up yeah. brother. And if I'm her, I'm going to do everything to make sure. Like, what is he going to do to her? He, like, beats her for no reason, let alone... It's weird. Yeah, no, for sure. It, well, I mean, it's weird for a couple of reasons. The first one is, good guy Roger would never rat her out. So it's weird that she would immediately blackmail him uh, and so harshly. Um, and then also it's like, if you're about to um, have sex with a gentleman in a church, mm -hmm. you're just asking to get caught. Like it's it's not a very big place. Like like you're like they, it's not like they were up in the belfry. Like they were they were right there in the middle of the damn floor. Like I like, want it first of all, good guy Roger wouldn't rat her out, but he's an honest, God fearing man. If someone asked him, was she doing? He would he wouldn't lie. You don't think so? I don't think he would. He's too... First of all, I think he was really horrified because he is so proud of that church, right? Like, he fancies right. himself a church man. Christening it in their own way. I think it was just, like, it's blasphemy what they were doing. Like, I think he was very... Maybe. Caught off know. guard. But yeah, Malva wasn't, wasn't messed around. But you were surprised that Roger let him... Let, well... Let, yeah, let her blackmail him like that. Yeah, because, I mean, you, you would think that Roger... Like, what could he have done? Well, he has enough trust in his relationship that it, the first thing that, like, I would have done is I would go to my wife and be like, hey, you know that crazy little witch? She's trying to blackmail me because <laughs> I caught her trying to fuck a dude in the church. It's like, that story tracks, right? Like, it's... um, So, y you know, he's good guy Roger. Like, you you don't... Uh, I feel like it's it's weird that he would have just rolled over so easily on that yeah at the same time Bran has already warned him right and he no, was trying he... to deny it she's like listen like people are talking and Melva knows that even right. though they didn't play it like yeah like she's not dumb that little witch yeah so he 
he Roger brings the other guy out and Malva leaves out the back door and I said to you look at Malva's skirt because it just oh, yeah. is such it's it's just a nod to the amazing costume design like it looks like a skirt that she has worn every day for the last four years maybe yeah it's discolored it looks dirty like like there's like a gradient color to it where you can see the dirty bottom portion the mud and the yeah for all the like crappy storylines and stuff and weird choices weird choices that this uh show makes and i think it's holdovers from the uh the ronald d moore days Mm -hmm. but like from a craft standpoint yeah sometimes this show just crushes it yeah weird things like the beardsley twins that are just lazy like i mean god there are children on tiktok that can do a split screen and make it look like twins are on the same screen at the same time like like i don't understand why they do weird corner cutting and some bizarre technical choices and stuff like that but when it comes to things like production design and the costumes and things like that like this show is really really good it immerses you in it like when yeah. i see malva walking i'm like oh my god that girl is like from the olden days yeah like we we just to digress slightly we watched um gilded the, age. the gilded age which is on uh, it's an hbo max show set in um like gangs of new york not time. quite turn turn of the century new york yeah like mm-hmm. late 1800s mm-hmm. new york and you know we both the the costumes looked good and stuff like that but it all looked, and I mean, true, everyone in the show is supposed to be rich, so, or yep. that we see is rich. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it, it makes sense that they would be wearing new clothes, but it all looks, like, distractingly pristine. It looks like, like a costume. Yeah, exactly. It looks like it looks like a costume. It has like been hanging costume. in the closet, and then they put it on this person yeah. to act. Whereas, the, you know, the Outlander costumes, they look like clothes like, that people own. Jamie's coat? It's hard for me not to believe that Jamie doesn't wear that coat that, all that the time. Sam Hewen just wears that coat yeah. all the time. Yeah. yeah. No, it's true. Yeah, I love Jamie's coat. Um, but, but yeah, like that is one of the little things about the show it, that is not a little thing, but that, that most people wouldn't notice or ever pay attention to. That really keeps this show alive. Yeah. Sorry, I got to stop track there a little bit. No, 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 that's okay. Then Roger goes back to Widow Widow's house. Right. And uh, he goes over to start working on the chimney, and she asks him to come in for lunch. He's just like, oh, I'm just here innocently fixing your shit again. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, hello, come husband. On. Yeah, and she says, please come and join us. And he's like, okay. And then as soon as he walks into the house, he's like... I have, I have made, I have made. Oh yeah. She's got him like seated at the head of the table. And and... she's like, will this do? And he's like, this is really uncomfortable. My wife was a hundred percent correct. I have been in denial and this is, this is awkward. Cause then she says, would you like to say grace? And he's like, okay. Okay, (laughs) But then he deals with it, right? Like he deals with it right away, which I appreciate. Yeah. Um, so he comes home and Brianna has carved Jimmy an airplane. Did you notice that? Yeah. And she totally. says, we'll just we'll say it's, it's a weird, looking, a weird bird. looking bird. And uh, she tells him that she's pregnant, which I am excited about. Right. Yeah. I found this out at the beginning of the show, but yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's good because you tell me that um, this, pull- this leads to things. I don't know if anyone is, I don't want to throw out spoilers. I don't think so, you but it's going to propel okay. the story further okay good. right you know in a direction that we've been wanting it to be propelled right then we have 
Jamie and Jocasta, and this is where we got really confused. Yeah. Like, he's like, I know what you're doing with Fergus, no less. And she goes, oh, not this again, which she's such a good actress. Oh, yeah. But I couldn't really enjoy it because I couldn't understand what was happening. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he's like, if my son gets in harm's way. It's like, why I, Why is Fergus in harm's way? I don't know. Yeah, so it's like, I get why Jamie's upset. I get why Jocasta, but I don't understand what is actually happening. You know, so it was that was a really confusing part. But um, I was saying to Meg after we watched the show that it's good, though, because this is the first time this season that something has happened in the show where I actually, that was like, off Mm -hmm. but i actually gave a shit enough about it to be annoyed that i didn't get it yeah you know in previous episodes there were things i didn't get and i was like whatever how much time's left but this was like i actually wanted to know so that's that's a plus yeah there was a lot of good stuff happening in this episode including the next scene which is melva going into a deceased person's house okay you called it i just want to say i was right the whole time i've been calling malva a little witch since we started and she's going in and she's getting reagents to cast spells she made that she obviously made the spell circle the finger circle yeah like she's cutting fingers off of corpses she's doing weird witch shit and i called it from the beginning that's all i'm gonna say but then as i reminded you there's no such thing as witches joe like, there absolutely is such a thing as witches. There's no such thing as magic, but there are definitely, sorry to our Wiccan listeners out there, there are definitely a lot of people out there that would consider themselves witches. I don't know that they listen to the show or that I necessarily believe in it. Don't curse me. But, um, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, there are definitely a lot of people that have considered themselves witches in the past. And Malva, whether she knows it or not, is definitely grade A little witchy material. You said, look at her. She's going into her witch hut. I'm like, it's not a witch hut. It's where this man lives. She sleeps there. She sleeps under that guy. She does weird shit in that hut. You don't know what happens in that hut. But you then said, because it's such a gross scene. It's such a gross scene. And the makeup looks incredible. Oh, yeah. That guy looked legit dead. And uh, they just kind of like show her face while she's sawing off a finger. And you said, I love that little freak. She's so fucking weird. (laughs) Me, yeah, that's, I was going to say me too. Yeah, me too. Uh, yeah, no, I, I do like for as creepy as that character is, she is my favorite character in a long time. Since Murtaugh, she's replaced Murtaugh. Well, you really There's like no John Quincy Myers too, oh, but they John just, Quincy. where, yeah, where is he? Gone. Where is he? He's gone. I don't know. Malva ate him. I don't know what happened, but uh, anyway, Malva's Malva's very interesting. Then Jamie and Lord John meet and Lord John says... Good news. We know where the rebels are. Um, we know where they're meeting. And uh, we're going to go capture them. And this is where Jamie's kind of explaining, like, the tide has turned. Like, our my allegiance now is to this new nation. Right. And this is a really good combo between the two of them. John is sad. He is. Uh, but I see where they're both coming from. Mm-hmm. Like, when John Gray says, it's inconceivable that the colonies will rule themselves. I can see why... People thought that at the time. Right. It's like really a bunch of like random people from all over the world are just going to miraculously start ruling themselves. Totally. And he's like, what tyranny? You just, you just don't want to pay taxes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Like he, he, he truly doesn't see a problem with it. Because Jamie asks him to come with him. Yeah. Right? Like, you felt like Jamie was harsh in this scene, and I really don't think he was. Well, I, yeah. I mean, I felt like Jamie kind of screwed him over because he knows Lord John is in love with him. So he knows that Lord John isn't going to rat him out. So when he's like, well, I'm going to go. 
So you better not rat me out. He knows like Lord John's not going to rat him out. So it puts Lord John in a shitty position because he loves Jamie. So he's not going to rat him out. So he's got to risk his neck no matter what now. Well, he just has to delay. He just has to delay the soldiers. So he got the news and Lord John then had to go take that news. Well, he said he would. Yeah. Right. So Jamie's like, just delay them. So he's, that's not going to get him in that much trouble. But he didn't That's... say please. He didn't even ask. Like, he was just like, I'm going, so delay him. Delay the you know, soldiers. Like, I don't know. I just yeah. felt a little... I know. You worry about Lord John. Abusive of Lord John's yeah. love. Yeah. Jamie then joins the rebels, and he's told he's not welcome. They get over that real quickly. Oh, Jay Frey puts him in their place. They're like, I'm going to king amend the shit out of you guys if you don't smarten up. And they do. And he warns them the soldiers are coming about half a second before they arrive but even he looked surprised that they because lord john didn't that's why i said you know uh i can't remember what i said a few seconds ago but i feel like he lord john didn't delay the soldiers as much as jamie felt right he's like i can tell you right now there's going to be soldiers here later on tonight Uh, sorry it's happening right now yeah Yeah. like he might have sped the process up a little bit had he known that lord john really wasn't going to delay them or maybe the soldiers would have arrived before jay frey got there exactly so, but, but Jay Frey thought there was more time for sure. Did you like the, um, it looked like golf clubs on the pool table. I mean, I guess that's what pool looked like before they invented pool cues would be my guess. Yeah. Or billiards. Then we have Marsley and Brianna and Marsley calls Brianna out on being pregnant. And this is a sad scene because I feel like Marsley's leaving the show. This was great because, and maybe Marsley is leaving the show. I don't know, but this was the first scene we've had that I can remember all season where Marsley was old Marsley. Where she was just like, kind of like... Bossy. Bossy, and and, but kind of like cocky and playful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, like we're over sad Marsley. Thank goodness. And Fergus wasn't even there. Yeah. Thank God. So Marsley's going to go join Fergus with the kids. And actually, I wanted to point out, I thought it was a really nice character moment when Joe Casta was defending her choice to provide Fergus with a place and the mm-hmm. new job at the print shop. And she said, once Marsley joins him, it'll be better for everyone and people won't, like Henri Christian will be more protected. And like Joe Casta, for all of the ignorant people of the time, all of the characters we love, like Claire and Jamie and Joe Casta, everyone wants their child, that Henri Christian, to have as normal a life as possible. Like, they're trying to protect him, and I like that. Yeah. Now, is that because uh, at... I keep wanting to call it Razor's Ridge. At Fraser's Ridge, um, like, they have all the weird... I think so. ...fisher folk I think that so. do weird Maybe. shit, and Jocasta's yeah. like, I'm going to bring them somewhere where people don't think babies are demons no matter what. Yeah. Then, Claire and Jamie, this is the last scene, Claire and Jamie pack up, and Jamie's wearing his great coat, and he gets on the horse and buggy. And Claire says, change is in the air. Claire, Claire's wearing, like, uh, like curtains. She is. Yeah, like. she's wearing a very large <laughs> coat. She says, change is in the air, and she hears a tune. We'll yeah. Whistle it, Joe. I'm not going to whistle it, because I'm not a strong whistler. But I immediately recognized it. I don't know the name of the song, but I knew immediately knew the reference. Uh, it was the song that they whistled in a movie called The Bridge Over the River Kwai, which was, which I knew was a post-World War II movie, because it's about World War II. So I knew that, it, it turns out it was, I think, filmed in 1956. Oh, Guinness, it's a really good movie. Um, anyway. So Claire and Frank probably went and saw it together. Exactly. So Claire recognized it, 
or she thought she did, and then she kind of brushed it off, right? Mm-hmm. She's doing a lot of drugs but, these days. She's yeah, I like, guess maybe that's I'm true. Imagining things. So immediately, I knew that that was another time traveler. Yeah, right. And it's exciting. And then it they is. show someone in prison whistling, and he holds open the gemstone from Flora's necklace. Right, and then the guy turns around, and he's all shaggy looking and dark, and we don't know who it is. I assume bookies know who this is. And you're I, not far enough in the books to know who this I is. I think it's that guy that when she was tied up to the tree in at the end of season five, he remember he squatted down and he's like, does the name Ringo Starr mean anything to you? And she was so upset and she told Jamie, I met another time traveler and he didn't help me. Yeah, but he was just a dirty rapist. Well, I guess he was in prison, so maybe. He wasn't raping. No? Well, he wasn't helping though either. He, he left. Because mm-hmm. she was like, T- you need to help me. And he's like... I can't, I can't help you. And he left. So he didn't, I mean, maybe he didn't help is the whole point. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, but who it is, but it's obviously, it's another time traveler and it's someone who knows enough about it that they know how, that they need a gem to get back. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, it's someone, I would assume someone from the late fifties at least at right least. because they would have been very familiar with the song from bridge over the river Kwai. yeah and i love the ending it fades to black and then the whistle like there's just a bunch of people whistling it's the actual it's the actual bridge over the river Kwai. like mm-hmm. it's from the actual scene of the soldiers whistling i don't know how much they had to pay to get that but um and i think they did that to confirm that that's what it was supposed to be mm-hmm. rather than this person just whistling. Cause I don't know, like it obviously must come from a, a famous piece of music or famous enough that it was in that movie. I don't know what it is, but everyone just knows that from the movie Yeah. or everyone that knows it knows it from the movie anyway. Um, and, and then that's the episode. That was intriguing. So what would you give this out of a hundred? I mean, God, okay. On, on what scale? On a scale of season, what season is this even? Season six? Season, six. Se- on like the season six scale? Like if we're just grading it just against all six, the other episodes, that. then yeah. it's a hundred out of a hundred. Oh, it's, I know. It's like. I know. I agree. It's so much better than every other thing we've seen this season. It's not even close. Like, I mean, compared to older seasons, it's an average episode of Outlander. Mm-hmm. But, um compared to what we've been given so in the far? trough this year <laughs> it's uh it was well it was shit actually happened interesting things happened um interesting enough anyway compared to the nothing uh and and there was also intrigue it ended with it unlike all the other episodes it didn't just end like any of the previous episodes if that was the last episode ever it would have been fine cuz you know at least in this episode Shit is happening and we're like, what is going to happen next? I have never asked that question this season until now. What's going to happen next? I'm kind of curious. Yeah. So, um, bravo. Like I said at the beginning, this should have been the pilot. I mean, okay, we didn't... Not pilot, but the first episode. Sorry, not the pilot. Yeah, Yeah, sorry. First episode of the season. Um, I mean, we wouldn't have met Tom and, I mean, we wouldn't have got as much Creepy Malva, so that would have been a loss. But I mean, for the most part, um, this could have been this could have been uh, Jamie and Claire's storyline right from the beginning because they really weren't doing shit. Oh, I know. You know, like we still could have had a lot of the Fraser's Ridge stuff and have this been the beginning or very close. Maybe this is episode two, or maybe they intersperse it a little bit more. But uh, 
yeah, this this should have been the start of the season. I agree. And, you know, everything that you said, for sure. But then also, it's we have our two main actors leading the charge. Yeah. And they're... we have strong secondary characters with backstories we care about. Like, the show feels grounded again. It feels grounded. Everyone that was in this episode, with the noted exception of uh, Lizzie and the Beardsley twin, mm-hmm. uh, everyone had a purpose in this episode. Even yep. even Roger and Brianna, like, they tied off that, you know, they actually took what Roger had been doing for four episodes and turned it into a storyline. Yeah. Instead of just random Roger doing good guy Roger shit. Yeah. Right? Like, like they actually turned it into a thing. I did find it strange when he said, I have a weakness for young mothers. And she's like, well, that's because you lost yours in the Blitz. It, Brianna is a young mother. She's got... Yeah. She's got I, a... I, th- I thought that was kind of bullshit, too. That was super weird. But, like, it was weird because they could have... Because neither of them were really doing anything. Like, they could have played up that storyline more all season. Like, there could have been a thing where Roger's helping and you just see Brianna kind of, like, walking by and giving him, like, a glance. Like, like there could have been a build-up there. Yeah. You know, there, there was no reason not to. Or one of the 4,000 Lizzie scenes that we didn't need where she walks in and sees Brianna and Brianna's like... Well, have you seen Roger? And Lizzie could be like, oh, he was with, uh, he's with mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. pea shucking widow over there. Yeah. You know, like, or just like, it could have, there could have been a build. Yeah. Why not? I, I don't know. But yeah, so we have our two main a- actors, Katrina Balfe and Sam Hewen, yes. starring in this episode. Yeah. And look what happens, guys. Right. Like. It's a better episode. It's a better episode. So I would agree. I would give this, if we're comparing it to the rest of season six, this is a hundred out of a hundred. Even if we're comparing it to, you know, season three, I'd give it a 75. Like, no, it was intriguing. This was good. It had, um, you know, intrigue and it had, uh, you know, there was tension. Suspense. There's, um, there was a couple parts that, you know, were, Dipped into like supernatural, which is mm-hmm. uh, not not witches, which is mm-hmm. uh, you know mm-hmm. part of well the biggest thing that made the show interesting off the hop, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. You know, so MVP. And I just sorry, I just want oh, to say yeah. you're like there's no such thing as witches, and I'm like there's no such thing as magic. But in a show where there's time travel involving gemstones, maybe there is magic. You don't know. Maybe. Who knows what's going to happen in this weirdo world? MVP. Oh, you know what? I, for the first time ever, I actually got to think about it and not come up with a bullshit answer. MVP is probably, I want to pick some of the old faces just because I was so happy to see them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's got to be Jocasta. I'm going to do it. Yeah. Because she was great and she, um, Maria Doyle Kennedy, who plays Jocasta, uh, I don't know if she actually was high, but she played <laughs> high really well. Um, that was That was kind of a fun scene. She was kind of emotionally all over the map in this episode and Mm -hmm. she crushes it so i'm gonna give it to her okay mvp for me is richard rankin because he was so good in the scene where he walks into that cabin and realizes that he has made a mistake what was the best scene for you oh um the best scene for me was probably I'm going to say, it, I kind of like the, the scene where Jamie went in in the, the bar at night and he kind of tore a strip off those guys. I just, I don't know. I felt like it was a good monologue where, where he went off. 
I've, although I feel like I'm forgetting something. Is it when Malva sawed that guy's finger off? I mean, I love creepy little Malva. I I like the Bonnie Prince Charlie scene off the top, too. That was a really cool scene. Mm-hmm. That was really well done. It was tense. It was very unlike anything we've seen in Outlander. It reminded me almost like of a... Like a... Like a World War Two movie, you know? Like, yeah. where, you know, like trying to escape East Berlin or something like that. Yeah. Like it, you know, it, it had dark. like... Yeah, like yep. it had that sort of like tense sort of espionage vibe to it, which yep. is something that this show has sorely been lacking. Yeah. Um, yeah, how about you? Best scene? Probably that final scene. Because I'm like, there's a time traveler. It We're going to have some time travel. Like when you hear the whistle and then he he's in the prison and... Yeah, it's hard not to love that. Yeah, that was a great scene. Worst scene? Uh, the, the shitty scene with the Beardsley twins. Yeah, that I agree. Was just, yeah, it stuck out like a sore thumb. <laughs> it was completely unnecessary. And it was also just technically garbage. So it was and bad. And also, why would Brianna be caring for Lizzie and assigning different drugs and remedies? Why wouldn't Malva do that? It made no sense. Malva's of, been or, Claire's apprentice. How about Marsley? You know, like, out of all the people that, uh, that they could have chosen, I feel like Brianna has the proven least... herself to be the least qualified yeah. to, to have the role that she had in this episode. It was... It was bizarre. It was Same bizarre. thing where there's snap malaria diagnosis, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. all of a sudden she's like, you know, Brianna Fraser, MD. It didn't make a lot of sense. Um, I want to say this before, mm-hmm. but I'm going to go ahead and say it now. You know who Malva would have loved? Who? Galus. Like, could you imagine Malva and, and Galus, Galus together? together? Oh, my God. That's a show I want to see. Yeah, the the witch and the blood lady? Like, come on. Like, oh, if only Galas had traveled back in time and met Malva. Ah, uh, they would be ruling the world. They would be eating well, the flesh of their enemies. They would be Galas doing all would have of... taken care of Tom Christie right away. I'll tell you that. Oh much. my God! Yeah, and Malva would just like worship yeah. Galas. Are we drinking the blood now? Okay. Okay. Now Cam, what are yeah, we doing? Yeah, exactly. She would have been all over that. So that's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah, I think we should end on that note. All right then. Okay well, then. <laughs> uh, have a good week, and we will we'll pick it up next time. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.